This is Make Do, a podcast about the joys and anxieties of art and making things. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arment. And I realized that my initial mental tagline of making, doing, and making do makes this sound kind of like a homesteader podcast. We're like homesteading art. <laughs> art homesteading. Is that, that could be a thing. Where you paint on zucchini. Okay, I need to paint on zucchinis. I've seen people paint on leaves. It's very lovely. Although I don't know how long it would last. Well, that's part of the thing. It's, you know... It's ephemeral. Yes. Yeah. Floats away. Uh, and clearly we are very, very serious uh, about art. <laughs> <laughs> I love art. Yes. <laughs> capital A. I guess it kind of is about the difference between capital A art and not capital A art, like real art. Um, because I approached you because I wanted to talk about, well, basically like the good and the bad of being a creative and creating person. And I kind of liked where you seem to be at in your journey corny as that sounds like we're at the same but different spaces what mm-hmm. what made you say yes well i i am totally in one of those spaces where it became it came to a point where i have always admired people who create things and make stuff particularly for me painting art uh, drawing and painting and that kind of creativity i always felt like oh yeah sure i can make a little felt animal oh sure yeah i could stitch a straight line you know with um my knitting needles and things but i just never felt like i was able to grasp actual drawing and i got tired of being afraid to start it and so i kind of started it and it's just i'm in the middle of figuring out what's good when can i call myself an artist if even that which i totally don't feel like I can yet but it's still it's it's kind of like um I feel like I'm in the teenage coming of age of creating art pieces so yeah I just I really want to talk about it because it's basically all that's on my mind and and here's the thing like what I realized as a teenager is that poetry readings are the best way to make yourself write poetry so this is basically that like if I have to talk to someone not just show off but also talk to someone about what I'm doing and what I'm thinking I will feel really embarrassed if I have nothing new to talk about so Mm -hmm. it's that trigger thing oh I have some a lot of bad teenage poetry (laughs) (laughs) it's real deep man real deep yeah and the whole like making do is also about well that like just doing it like you you don't have to be good and also pretty much nobody is good right away so if you just do the thing something's gonna happen and really what makes you good right because I could look at a whole bunch of different artists that I find online and one I'm like "Eh," and the other one I'm like this is amazing but it still could just be line drawings you know it's not anything in particular it's just personal taste what I like and other people might find the first person their favorite and I think that that's kind of opening up my eyes to you don't have to be perfect to be good but it's still internalizing that with yourself and calling yourself good is the hardest part. It's kind of, it's like a crossover between like uh, art 101 and philosophy 101. Like what is good? What is art? Um, And, and not, not so much about, you know, here is how you find inspiration. Here is how you make money with your arts or here is the one true way of doing things. At least for me, if you want to be guru Tiff, you know, I'm all for that. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I just want to be sloppy mess. That's what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy so, mess um, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should tell everybody about ourselves. Yes. So tell me about yourself. 
I guess I'm a podcaster now. I, I feel like I've had a thousand lives. Um, podcaster mom right now, former photographer, former Broadway costumer, um, and general just lover of things creative and making stuff. I love fiddly things, like fiddly crafts. And um, in my head, you yeah. have like made a living bedazzling things that look like um, skating costumes. Please don't disavow me of that. <laughs> Actually, yes, a lot of rockets. Did a lot of rockets, did a lot of skating costumes, but in addition, also like gowns and, you know, Christine dresses from Broadway and all that kind of stuff. But that was a whole nother life. It really was. But it was, it still, it scratched a creative itch, which was great. So I feel like all of my careers have been fairly creative in one way or another. And even momming, you make amazing lunchbox art. I do. That's my new thing. It's getting, it's, it's partially for my son but it's um mostly for me and I feel like each time I draw one of those little cards I, I get better at it which is a fantastic feeling so and plus um, plus kids kids can't appreciate you know what's good or bad they're just happy they're like it looks like a thing this is amazing <laughs> although now my son's getting critical of like my earlier work he's like that doesn't look very much like a strawberry I'm like listen kid I was practicing. <laughs> I'm like, let's see you draw a strawberry. And then he does. And it's better than me. But oh, man, I'm like, all right. All right. I got to work on that. Work on my strawberries. Yeah, I think your kids are supposed to be better than you, but maybe not at like six or seven. Well, you only hope that they're better than you. And then you can com- you um, you can compete. But <laughs> <So, laughs> well, we'll see. No, he's he's doing great. He's very proud of himself in improving in his art as I improve in mine. It's kind of like we're taking this journey together. It's very nice. <laughs> So tell me about yourself, Julia. I am, well, I, I think that I'm also always been creative in a way, but like I'm a, I'm a journalist and a writer. And over the past couple of years, I've also started to dare to call myself a potter in the sense that I produce a lot of things and sell them. Um, partially because we were running out of room in our, in our cabinets, <laughs> but also because I realized I love to make this and people really appreciate what I do. But then there's that whole thing of like, okay, but do you have to have, you know, a ton of schooling and training? Do you have to sell a certain amount? And then I was like, no, a potter is someone who makes pots. And I do. And I've seen them and they're cool as hell. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I live in Sweden and I actually am Swedish, although people don't tend to buy it. Um. But I, I can do a Swedish accent if you really want me to. <laughs> That's up to you. Be who you, be who you want to be. You could throw it in now, every now and then. It's like a spice. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, painting. Is that is that your main thing? Uh, right now, well, I'm also diving into colored pencils and drawing. And I think that that kind of ends up going hand in hand because I think you need a little bit of drawing in order to paint. But yeah, painting is my ultimate goal. It's like the... That's the end game <laughs> to be an, an artist who, yes, who can paint things. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like I've realized that and, and that's part of this discussion as well for me is that I've always like dabbled in things and then kind of not quite dared to really go deep into it. Like I love painting and drawing, but then I'm like, well, if I really want to do it seriously, then maybe I'll find out that I'm not that good at it. So I have a lot of supplies and I will go through periods of doing tons of stuff and then I'm like okay but I can't focus on this because then I'll have to really start you know testing myself Mm -hmm. 
Oh, supplies are a whole nother. That's a whole nother <laughs> game we can talk about. Oh my gosh. I'm just looking around what I can reach right now and it's out of control. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm very much like a, a making stuff with my hands person. So like I knit, mm-hmm. I throw pots, I paint and draw. Um, I love photography. You know, it's, it's all sorts of stuff. So I think I'm just like, but, but also like I, I will get random ideas like, oh, let's hot glue buttons and make them into a tree or something. So <laughs> true, true story. Also, um, you should wear protective gloves because you will burn yourself. Oh, yeah. Hot, hot glue is a dangerous medium right there. <laughs> <laughs> it can get out of control. So do you do other stuff, too? Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, I'm experimenting with things and I would love to do stuff with clay and that kind of thing. But then I feel like, okay, now I need to buy all of the clay things. You know, it's it just, you, I feel like I have to focus myself for a little while. So I stop buying the supplies that are associated with creating something new. I'm so flip floppy on which one thing I want to create with and what I want to do. And so I just, it's, I get very bogged down in buying a lot of the supplies and then that takes me away from focusing on ever getting better with the first thing I started with. So I think I need to dial it back on how many things I want to start and start focusing on painting because I really do want to get better at it. And I have I have a very strong desire for that. I For a long time, I would have these ideas of funny comics in my head, like something comes up on a friend's podcast or people are hanging out and we talk about something and I get a very vivid picture of the funny event or the funny um, anecdote that someone is telling. And I really want to draw it in a comic. And I just didn't have the skills to do that. And so I'd always say like, oh, if I were an artist, I'd love to draw this. (laughs) And I kind of want to make that true. I want to make that statement true that when I see something funny, I can translate it into a little comic sketch and it be accurate of what my imagination came up with so I think that that's my end goal with all of this is is the accuracy and creating something funny <laughs> that's one thing that I've realized because I've always thought of myself as like oh I'm you know I'm, I'm fairly artistic uh and then I realized that I can draw more than most people like when we I had a conversation I was working in a newsroom and we started talking about how uh llamas are really good like guard animals for flocks of other animals Mm-hmm. but they need a pet so you have like a llama with a pet donkey it kind of escalated but I drew this hall monitor llama which to me was like <laughs> we were just you know joking about it and people were I mean I, it was a very brief period of of being impressive but to me I was like I drew a llama it was funny but to other people that's not a natural thing and that's where I also start wondering like did I waste this thing that I could have gotten really good at because yes. I have very, very high thoughts of myself. That, yeah, I, you have high expectations for what's good. Because, I mean, especially if you spend a lot of time looking at other people's art, which I do. And it's not so much a comparing yourself. I guess it is a little bit comparing yourself. But it's you, you start immersing yourself in such a high level of skill and proficiency that as you're starting out and as you're developing your own skills, it's like, wow, that feels so advanced. And I shouldn't show the world what I've done because I'm not up there yet. I'm not to that advanced level, 
there's there's a writer who is and now I obviously of course I can't remember who it was but who said that what is really really frustrating is when you're in the gap where you know enough to know what's good and you can see what you need to do and you can see what other people do but you don't yet have the skills to achieve it like you can see it in your yes. head or you you have the technical knowledge or whatever but and and that's where I think you turn into the 4-year-old you know who knows what they want to do but they don't have the skills or the fine motor skills to do it and and it's so frustrating and that's where I think it's easy to just give up over and over again because you're like I can see what needs to be mm-hmm. different here but I cannot draw five proportional fingers to save my <laughs> <Yes>. life <laughs> exactly and and it's a uh it, it's just it's almost like you you have this thought in your head that a lot of these people who have advanced their skills so far that they inherently had that in them and but it turns out as I'm experiencing more and I'm learning more and I'm watching other artists more and their development it's like it can be learned it's not just something that someone has you have to practice at it I mean you an artistic skill and creativity and inherent being good and interested at this is in people, but it's a skill that can be developed and honed and practiced, right? Like not everyone just pops right out of the gate having beautiful handwriting. You have to <laughs> practice at doing that. It just it's it's a skill that if you want it, you have to go out and get it. And I think that that's where both of us are in that we want it. And we're at this point, instead of just admiring it, we're ready to go out and get it. Yeah. And I think one thing that I mean, I probably had this realization like 10 years ago or something was that it's okay to sketch and it's okay to use references because mm-hmm. in my head, if you can draw, you can draw anything. And exactly. I mean, yeah, you can, but it's probably easier if you can look up like where does the bend go in a horse leg or whatever it may be. Right. And the people that were able to draw horses, just like, oh, let me sketch a horse. They looked at a lot of references. They did a lot of tracing. They did a lot of practice. They drew a lot of crap horses before they were just able to draw a very good horse. So it's like you never see the journey. You only see the result. And it's and you only see the journey in yourself. And you're like, oh, this is so terrible. But really, it's like you're getting better if you can flip back in some of your sketchbooks or any kind of um things that you have from when you started creating something and where you've gone to even just in a year it's kind of amazing yeah and it's funny because the internet plays both parts there for me like on the one hand you know there's that cliche of you're looking at someone else's highlight reel Mm -hmm. but at the same time you do get to see like someone maybe on their stories posts them erasing and redrawing the same thing over and over again or you get to see like okay they're using reference images like uh tattoo reality shows did a huge thing for me where I was like almost no tattoos or that's not true but a lot of tattoos come with tons of references and mm-hmm. these are incredibly artistic and talented people but they still look at what a lion face looks like maybe every time they draw a tattoo yeah okay tattoo shows are totally my guilty pleasure <laughs> I love them so much okay <laughs> can I ask though as a non-parent do you you know when you have a kid do you get the opportunity to to either buy or play with materials because like it's it's good for their development or they're doing something in school like play-doh is not something that i maybe play with much that's not true i use it in pottery but for the most part (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. I love buying art supplies because I feel like art supplies are consumable. So they're really good toy and activity to have around. And it's like sometimes I buy stuff like I bought um, a whole bunch of Sculpty one time to like keep in the closet for a rainy day and then you bring it out so they're all interested in it right and it's like Mm -hmm. yes I get to play with this stuff because on my own I probably wouldn't be able to justify it but with a kid you're like ooh, this will be fun and then we could put it in the oven and bake it and he'll have like a little thing that he made and it's educational mm -hmm. and it's (laughs) education like exactly it's like oh we're being creative we're not just watching a screen we're not just playing a video game although we do all those things and they're super fun too but we it's it is i just i'll buy whatever our supplies i feel like have no limit in our home Mm -hmm. i don't think i would ever be like no we can't buy these cool sparkly paints this seems a little too much (laughs) it's like no we're buying all the paints because i want to paint all the things yeah so yeah it's it's a nice excuse to get your hands on some fun art supplies. Although highly recommend to any parents out there who have not dove into the art supply yet, because maybe your kid's too young or whatever. Um, washable, everything <laughs> washable. Also don't give little kids the expensive brushes. Oh my gosh. They love to jam those suckers right into those trays. <laughs> they just, uh, they basically paint with the back of the stick that's behind the bristles. And that's- it hurts my brain and my heart to watch it. <laughs> But yes, please just buy the cheap stuff. This is also maybe a little bit, I don't know, therapy y, but have you started thinking about like how you relate to or talk about your drawing in relation to him? Because like, you know, little kids sometimes have that tendency of, you know, like they go immediately to, I suck if I can't do it right the first time. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly the language that he uses. And it, Makes me a little sad. And you go, oh, wait, how can I tell him that that's not true if that's the way I feel? Yeah, exactly. But I think I, so even drawing his like little lunchbox cards, he's like, oh, wow, you can draw this perfect and I can't do it. He's like, I stink. I can't draw this. It didn't come out right. And then I show him the stack of cards that I practiced on or that I'm throwing away and I keep them all. And I show him, I'm like, okay, I'm like, look, look how terrible this fox looks. I'm like, this doesn't even look like a fox. It basically looks like a balloon with eyes. Like it's terrible. It's just, it isn't very good, but you know what? It's okay not to be good at it. And then, but what you need to learn is to put that aside and then you try again. And each time you try, it gets better and better. And so that's what I'm trying to show him, even though I'm not going to lie to him and say, oh no, you're terrible drawing is terrible it's or you know you know i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna lie to him and and not tell him ugh, it's, it's tricky like you don't want to say this sucks to a little kid right you don't want to tell him it's terrible but it is kind of terrible but you want to encourage him to try but i think it's that thing that again like you should apply for yourself uh you did really good at drawing you did really good at practicing good for you for trying yeah, yeah. Or you pick out an, an area of the drawing that's good. You're like, look at those eyes. You did the eyes perfect. Like, let's do that. Let's tr- practice the head and then you can do the eyes and we're going to get it. And then when he gets close, like just showering with praise and, you know, progress. And that's what we encourage in our house is progress and trying again. So it's it's don't get wallowed down in what your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. And sometimes, sometimes adults are 
you know, five-year-olds as well. Like sometimes, because I've, I've just taken know, I that my into myself, <laughs> right? You just <laughs> have to remember that you're basically a big kid. Actually, I've, when I've, um, when I used to take pottery classes, I would sometimes be like, I would see sort of a reverse psychology modeling from some of the old ladies in there who would, like, they would do so much negative self-talk it's like oh I suck at this and this is so bad and why can I not do anything right and it's like well if if you could do this you would need to take the class first of all uh but also you know nobody is good right away and also like how how are you going to feel about yourself when you leave here um it's okay to go I'm having a crap day I cannot do anything right today because that happens Mm -hmm. that happens to everyone so I think like sometimes you can just see the see the thing that really annoys you about someone else or you know, take take to heart how you're supposed to parent and like parent your inner child, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's that's what we we come to. And I, and I also I often compare it for him because he's uh, almost six and I compare it to reading because I'm like, did you know how to read when you were a baby? I'm like, do babies know how to read? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, and you practice really hard learning how to read, right? You sound out the words and you go through sight words at school and you practice really, really hard. I'm like, do you think that babies know how to draw? It's like, no. And he says, no. I'm like, well, babies didn't come out knowing how to draw. So you have to practice it just like you have to practice reading. No one is that good, just that good at drawing. And he's like, well, you're good at drawing. I'm like, yeah, I'm 35. Because I'm super old. I've been practicing for a really long time. (laughs) So it takes him a while to get that because I think, you know, the self-doubt and the frustration in not being able to translate what he sees in his own brain to the paper, just like the rest of us have and, uh, and just try again. So it's a big hurdle for everybody, even five-year-olds and 35 year old women. So <laughs> there we go. yeah. So, so this is hug your inner child with Julia and Tiff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what does, what does creating mean to you? Like, cause you, you, we're both talking about like, oh, it's something we've always done. But what does it what does it mean to you? I guess it, it just means that I, I do. Ha- I struggle with this one. I really do. Because sometimes I'm like, what is my voice? What do I have to say in creating something? And I get hung up with, you know, I see other artists with a very, very strong voice, a very strong preference and design and I admire it and I like it. And it's, it can be a similar thing that I like. I'm like, oh, I like the style that this person's drawing in. And so then like, I, I try it out not to become a copycat of that person, but to try on that type of style, you know, to see like, is this, and then, and right now I feel in my creativity, I feel like I'm at a point where I don't know where to go from there. And I'm hoping that as we get more into this podcast and talk to each other more regularly that I can use this medium to <laughs> find my creativity in other mediums and to find what creating can bring to my life in like a, a very personal way that I can actually have my voice and I can find because and I can find it because I, I don't know it's somewhere <laughs> it's somewhere out there I mean I feel like you have a very strong voice in your pottery and the things that you create um I've seen some of your knitting and your sweaters and uh, in so, that like, I am I, a grumpy person <laughs> <laughs> so like so what does create what does creating mean to you and I was thinking a lot about this because on the one hand I'm like well that's that's who I am like I stuff happens around me stuff 
know, comes into being in that I I like to make stuff all the time. And I, I like I don't know who I would be if I didn't make things. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, you know, I kind of feel like everything that people do is some kind of creativity. But maybe that's because that's the way I look at the world, like making stuff happen. Like it, there was nothing and then there's something. I, this makes me sound very much like I have a God complex, which I kind of do. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like t- to me, everything is creative. To me, everything is, is you know, interesting and you can make something out of it. But I don't know. Like I, I was diagnosed with ADHD a couple of years ago. Um, and then I don't know, like, OK, say, say if I had been medicated as a child, would I have been more chill and not felt the need to touch everything and transform everything or is that part of my personality you know aside from or on top of the way my brain works you know mm-hmm. I guess it's better to be creative than destructive with your excess energy but yeah it's also again like it's one of the main things that makes me also like a little anxious and insecure because like I want other people to like the things I do and I want to be happy with the things I do but I want to be at like a 10 right away. I want to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's such we were, a hard feeling to want to be awesome. We were talking before about that, like Schrodinger's. Who doesn't want to be awesome? <laughs> um, but that like Schrodinger's project, like until you actually do it, you can't be sucky at it, but you also can't be good at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe that's a good way, good place to stop <laughs> for this first episode. Um, because otherwise I think we could go into many hours of, of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely have our own. Th- we'll have a therapy episode. It'll be great. <laughs> I think most of them will be. Good. Because so. that's what I need. Yeah. This is about finding your, your inner child and your inner Bob Ross. <laughs> oh, man. We could go. I, I, now that he's on Netflix, I don't even know. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> so maybe we should have a Bob Ross episode. <laughs> maybe we should. This is a Bobcast. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that's out there. I wouldn't doubt probably, it. Probably, probably. Um, I don't know if we'll have that many links for this first episode, but all and any show notes are at makedopod.com. And the podcast is also Make Do Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find Tiff as at Tiffany Armint and me as at Julia Scott. And I, it's with a K, but with a K is not part of the username. This is very, very clear. <laughs> And you should subscribe to Playing for Fun and Top 4, where Tiff will make you want to eat, play, and listen to all the things. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to practice your Swedish, I make podcasts about knitting and romance novels, and I'll link those uh, at the website. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, all those things that you're supposed to do, but maybe most importantly, tell a friend about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have friends, if not, just yell it into Twitter. Or make some fan art. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> yes. Art. That would be amazing. That would be. Maybe we should set up like a a place to for anyone who listens and creates anything at all and uh, kind of put up stuff. I don't know. Wait, I think I just invented Tumblr Uh, again. Yes, that's (laughs) very good. Very good. Uh, I'm going to go draw you with a Bob Ross perm as soon as we finish recording. Uh, And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, go make and do.